You're sitting here with at Jay Rutled with Passports and Pints. And today we are in Salem Springs, Arkansas. And we have some pillars of the drinking industry. We have Casey, tell us who you are and what you do here in Salem Springs. I am the brewer and co-owner of the Ivory Bill Brewing Company, which is where we are. Which is where we are. Uh, and they're brand new, really brand new uh, yeah, tap yeah. room. Keith? I'm Keith Rutledge and I own Creekside Tap Room here in uh, Saddle Springs and we carry all Arkansas craft beers. And I'm James Cootie and I bartend at two local bars all pretty much within walking distance. One is 28 Springs, a fantastic craft bar and restaurant. Their cocktails are pretty creative and I also work for Creekside, the Creekside Tap Room as well and it's just a great little environment for Arkansas beer. Cool. This is a new podcast for Passports and Pints, and we're just exploring travel and beer, and we're excited to be here in Salem Springs. All right, we're sitting here in Ivory Bill. Uh, it is a gorgeous, well-lit tap room, a long, just almost like perfectly level, probably perfectly level. As Knowing Casey, it's as, as close as, close as, close we, as can we can get to perfectly level <laughs> concrete bar. And it is just an absolutely lovely venue, tall ceilings. Mm. So much great natural light. I want to just start and talk about Salem Springs. I, I nominate Keith. Okay, <laughs> Keith, tell us about Salem Springs. You've been here the longest. Okay, uh, town of about 15,000 in northwest Arkansas, set in the, I guess we'll call it our mountains, but uh, uh, higher elevation of the state. Uh, we, uh, we're right on the border of Oklahoma. Uh, and we're in a really nice area of the state where we've got a lot of progressive uh, uh, changes going on uh, through the uh, uh, what we call the I-49 corridor over in Fayetteville and Rogers Springdale and and in uh, Bentonville. And uh, Salem Springs is uh, uh, has always been a really really special little town to to live in. And uh, we've always I think I've been here 30 years or so, and we've uh, we felt like we've kept ourselves as a community and just done what Salem Springs does. Uh, you know, we've got a, a, a nice, well-rounded um, collection of citizens, I think, with uh, uh, just about any type of person you'd like to meet or visit with. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, there's, it's not really a, a town that centers around. Uh, we do have a, a wonderful university here in town, uh, but we've got some some nice industry and uh, and other things that make it a well-rounded community, I believe, and uh, and it's just it's just a nice, quiet little town for the most part. We've uh, been through a process of our county. It wasn't wet until about five or six years ago, I think, uh, when we voted to, when our county voted to to allow alcohol sales. That that uh, that change has been awesome for our community, and it has opened up uh, the the opportunity for craft beer and. And, uh, and other uh, uh, awesome products uh, thereabouts. And, and I think that that's one of the, the really cool things that, uh, that's happened. And, and, uh, and of course, finally, we've got our own, own brewery. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, Casey can tell you more about that because uh, even the name Ivory Bill is, uh, is, uh, is designed around or thought up around the fact that uh, the return of, a, of a craft brewing or beer to, uh, to Salem Springs. <clears throat> the county went wet. Yeah, Creekside was one of the first places to open up. 
serving Arkansas beer. I don't take credit for anything, but uh, but should <laughs> if, it's, if it's true, it's it a should. fun fact. But I did mention it. I did. I did say, hey, would it be neat if you could go someplace and and and, and just get all the Arkansas beers that that are brewed and, and, and have them all. And, you know, before that, you would go to different breweries and just do brewery hopping, and and that was awesome. But uh, we thought it'd be neat to do that in um, a local in the area brewer at Fossil Cove, Ben told me, well, there's, there's, a, there's a permit for that. You should get it. <laughs> and I think, like, the great thing about having the tap room in our town, it's not only is it, like, opened up a way wider, like, love affair with, like, the craft beer movement, I think it's also, like, allowed the, the people who do love beer like we do to, to, like, not have to deal with the hassle of kind of being stuck with with just what your local alcohol store can get you beer wise like i've had so like beers that i have never made way my way down to little rock for and so it's just really cool to get to try those kind of things and not have to drive two three hours just for for beer the starting starting up creekside tap room came at a really important moment in arkansas beer um mm. i remember when when 28 Springs opened, uh, I was really wanting to have uh, a local tap, and and it was a struggle to get uh, even one or two interesting local local beers on tap. Um, and at this point, um, Creekside's like constantly rotating interesting new things in, um, and it's uh, it's amazing. There's there's yeah. now we we went from being like really a beer desert to having just an abundance of really mm-hmm. interesting things. And um, I think I think along with that, we've gone from breweries just sort of making really safe things to um, experimenting a little more. Um, you mentioned that you were at Hawk Moth recently yeah, yeah. and um, that like one of their flagships is a beer to guard. I love that. That's so fun. And it's, it's a good place. It's a good place to be. Um, as far as just like seeing seeing the craft beer scene mm-hmm. uh, maturing here, um, he mentioned a little bit Casey about uh, Ivory Bill and hmm. its symbolism. Yeah, that's the right word. Symbolism uh, for kind of the bringing beer back into Siloam. Tell us a little bit about your brewery and, and why you decided to open up Ivory Bill. Uh, well, I guess I'll start with a with a name. Um, the Ivory Bill is. The, uh, the largest uh, woodpecker in North America, and uh, it's, it's a bird of the sort of um, lowland swamp hardwood forests, uh, and it was declared extinct in the 30s after the, the last cypress forest that was known to inhabit was clear-cut by the Singer Sewing Machine Company. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so... After that, uh, they were they were considered extinct, and uh, and yet there were these sort of fleeting sightings, people thinking that they might still be around, and um, they were then rediscovered in Arkansas hmm. uh, in two thousand six, and it's still this really challenging thing. They're incredibly elusive, and if they uh, if they sense that there are people in the area, they just kind of go away. So they're really hard to like get like good clear pictures of, but there have been um, some pictures that are like confirmed, confirmed sightings, and uh, and it's an incredibly exciting um, 
story of rebirth in that it feels like it almost never happens this way. Usually something kind of gets threatened, declared endangered, and then it goes extinct, and then that's, right. that's it. End of story. So uh, we feel like there's a fun parallel uh, with with the kind of rebirth of a good convivial drinking culture um, in, in Arkansas, and specifically in Siloam, uh, that it went away with Prohibition. And um, and now that like the laws change and it's and it's yeah. wet, we sort of have like the habitat is right for for it being possible to bring back convivial drinking culture. But but if people um, see it, they they still the drinkers still hide. <laughs> yes, in, in, some, in some areas, there's no beer. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the that's the um, the origin of the name um, that. Bringing, bringing back convivial uh, drinking, drinking culture, the good conversation around a pint. Um, and it's also, like, it's such a beautiful bird. It makes a great mm-hmm. logo, too. Yeah. That helps. That is cool. Yeah. Helps a lot. Yeah. And we, we also, <clears throat> like, um, Dorothy and I um, have lived in Siloam for decades now. And um, it's a challenging market in terms of we're the first brewery in Salem Springs ever. So there isn't like proof of concept. Uh, uh, it would have been easier in some ways to go build a brewery on the corridor. Yeah. But uh, Salem is our town and we wanted this for for our friends and neighbors. So that's why Salem felt like the right place. And it's located here on, on a historic downtown, just right on the end, uh, mm. actually in this area called the... Uh, Five points, am I correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Should be a car dealership, is that correct? Yeah. We're looking yeah, at Keith other things, now, right? among other things. Uh-huh. Um, and now it's a printing, screen printing shop and a coffee house with roastery and a brewery. And it's, it's turning into this really cool ending block now of the downtown area with lots of meat shops and restaurants and uh, ice cream parlors. And it, it really kind of can transport you back um, and, and, and some, well, for some people, I guess it can't transport me back because it's before my time. But um, it's, the idea <laughs> is to harken back. And that's kind of like the beautiful thing about the fact that we are a small town. We, I mean, we basically have like our own little asylum cheers, basically. Like we got our mail, our mailman is always drinking, which is like the nicest guy ever. <laughs> we got all our regulars. He's not super always funny. drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's clarify that we don't. Yeah, he's not always. Want to say that he's drinking while he's delivering the mail? Yeah, because yeah. we know that's not true. Yeah, off work, obviously. Off work. Off work. <laughs> yeah, his, his first stop off the clock is, yeah, is yeah. typically a craft beer establishment. Yeah. That's right. yes. But hey, I mean, hard to beat the the after shift beer. Yeah, that's a. Usually a pretty well-earned beer, especially in this kind of movement. <laughs> so James, tell us about 28. Oh, geez. 28. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny having this conversation uh, next to Casey. He used to be like the one running the uh, the bar back there. Right. And he actually made well, my I could ask cocktail. him. Yeah. Want, yeah. Well, no, I know. But it's, no, I know. But so it's like, it's funny to see how it's grown and changed. And uh, I think getting past the fifth year mark was a super important part for the restaurant mm-hmm. and as a whole anyway, just because like... That kind of proves that, like, the town does it. Like, they do accept you here. They want, like, they want you to, like, they want you to make it. Like, we, it's like, so this part's, like, it's a little more craftier, have a nice meal, a good solid environment, really a great place to have great conversations. Uh, for me, it's hard to beat some, like, Dave Brubeck playing on the radio, like, with, and, like, shaking a cocktail. Right. It's just a super fun vibe. <laughs>
is at Jay Rutland with Passports and Pints, and we're sitting here at Ivoryville Brewing in Salem Springs, Arkansas with Casey, Keith, and James, and we're sharing a conversation over some pints of beer, and it seems it would be appropriate for Casey to tell us about his beer. Hmm. Uh, his names are very creative. Um, no, it's, they're very straight to the point, and I love it. Uh, I am drinking a pint of regular. I believe James has a pint of dark. Uh, everyone else is drinking regular old style, which he has, is, is probably my favorite beer that he brews. Um, but uh, James is shaking his head yes. Uh, but his other names are extra, and extra, extra, and uh, darker. And so explain to us your beer and your process in naming and, and kind of your philosophy on brewing. Wow, philosophy on brewing. Sorry, I know I just opened a can of worms. Sorry. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> um, so we we have a um, a beautiful um, old British brew house, uh, wood clad, um, built for the Orange Brewery in London in the eighties. Mm. Uh, it was imported um, in the early two thousands to a little brewery in Iowa, and uh, we bought it from them. It's. Uh, all open fermenters, which is definitely uh, drives the flavor profiles of our beers. Um, so yeah, 100% open fermented yeah. beers, um, and and with that, uh, top crop. Um, it's a it's an old English strain as well. It's from uh, the Gales Brewery, um, one of the Victorian Tower breweries, and uh, it just it gives beautiful flavor. Um, I, I love that it has a combination of like the wonderful uh, English flavor profile and esters, but in the context of our open fermenters, it ferments like beautifully dry. Mm-hmm. Um, this this beer, the regular that we're drinking, um, gets down to half a degree Play-Doh, um, uh, which is which is wonderful. I like dry, drinkable beers and. Um, so and that's like when we were sort of talking through breweries that would inform this one. Um, I kind of made a list of my favorite breweries in the world. And Good, because that's a question for later. Ah, so if you want to go ahead and, and okay. jump to it, sure. talk it. Um, De La Seine, Dadal, um, Hook Norton, uh, Anchor, Sierra Nevada, um, and all of those breweries either are partially or entirely open fermenting um, breweries and and they all also focus on uh, one or two uh, yeast strains and really like build their beers around like one strain that they understand really deeply so that's the sort of uh, philosophy behind um, what we make um, or, or how we make it I should say uh, as far as sourcing ingredients we uh, source as much of like heritage, um, heirloom varietals of both barley and hops as we can. Uh, we use no proprietary um, patented hops. So, um, so that means that even some hops that I, I rather like, uh, like Simcoe, Amarillo, Citra, like I've sort of decided that those are off, off of off uh, the table, off the table because. Uh, what you choose to buy, basically, um, you're encouraging that sort of agriculture. And I want to see more uh, varieties grown for flavor, not for just sort of um, pr- production volume. Um, and I want to see 
varieties developed that are essentially open source so that if there's a good new variety of hops, there's no one who can tell the farmer they can't plant it. Hmm. So um, that doesn't mean we, we, we don't grow or we don't use new hop varieties. We've used a couple of uh, new German varieties recently that are brand new on the market, but they're a university-developed variety that's then open to any farmer who wants to plant. So that lets us... Um, Focusing on really flavorful varieties of barley, we don't use any sort of like generic two-row. Um, we use all um, slow-malted uh, heritage barley, which means that we can make incredibly simple recipes. Most of our most of our beers have two ingredients as far as the malt bill goes, and yet we get really great complexity, partly because of great yeast strain and open fermentation, and partly like super great barley varieties. Um, we're swinging back around to the naming side. (laughs) Uh, We felt like um, there was some tendency of the craft beer world to be a little bit um, exclusive, maybe inward focused, um, and that in that context, some of the naming conventions felt like they were a little bit off-putting. so that's, that's one trend that we're reacting to. So all our names are very short and to the point. Um, the other thing that we're reacting to is um, style. I'm going to say style Nazis. Um, people who <laughs> like, well, this does not have the correct profile for the BJCP guideline <laughs> 71A American Pale Ale. Like, but is the damn beer delicious? <laughs> So, in that context, we uh, deliberately chose names that were not styles, right? That would give you a sense of what you were drinking, but wouldn't sort of immediately tell you what style. Kind of intimidating when somebody comes here and says, I just want a regular beer. We say, we've got that. We have that. Yeah. And we sometimes lose focus in that I think in the beer industry, the craft beer industry, um, or the, the distiller industry, hmm. the wine industry, we lose this focus on, does it taste good to you? Excellent, and you should drink it. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll come right back. This is at Jay Rutled here at Ivory Bill Brewing in Salem Springs, and I'm joined with Keith and James and Casey, and we are talking beer. We were just talking about uh, where are the ales at? Yeah. Where's this beer? But happy vice and probably come, always come back to the happy. So that's a, that's yeah. a good question for me. What's everybody's uh, favorite style right now? Mine, I think, I think would have to be a Mexican lager. I'm just absolutely in love with Mexican lagers. I picked up a six pack of Los Forties, uh, Easy Tiger, uh, Casey. Um, <laughs> I know it's a hard question for a brewer, especially. Yeah, I. Um, I really like regular. Uh, so as far as the beers I brew, I drink regular two to one over anything else. Um, Sam was in Texas recently uh, and brought back a live oak pilsner that was just unbelievably delicious. Um, I was super impressed. Um, it was clearly unfiltered. There was a little, a little. Um, Flake or two of hop that made it into the can. <laughs> oh, really? And just a little hazy and so flavorful and delicious. Uh, so, 
especially like on a hot day, dude, that regular, it's, yeah. a, it's, and it gets hot here. Yeah. Uh, like, like, oh, yeah. oh, you should see the, you should see the corn haulers playing at Creekside. I said, what, 20 of them probably were all ordering the same beer and it's all regular. It was funny because like before we had your beer on tap, we had to like kind of play with a yes. light beer option. You we were like, you might like this. Because, like, maybe you like a gold nail, maybe you like a something like that. And uh, so it was, it was nice to actually get, like, a proper, like, light option. Ivory not, Bill Regular has taken that niche on our, on our. Yeah. yeah. It's just, board. it's beer you can drink. And, like, it's just crisp. It's light. Casey's like, I know. He doesn't, he doesn't want to say it. Like, no, yeah. I know. What yeah. I mean, that's what. That's exactly why. Like, I know how many kegs I send. Yeah, that's exactly why I love pilsners. Like on a hot day, I I love. There's for me. There's nothing better than like a pilsner, especially mm. like a Czech style pilsner, mm-hmm. like bike racks Czech pils. Yes. Yeah. That's every time that's on tap. I I ordered one. I promise. <laughs> And we have Mr. Golden L slash Happy Bison. I don't know what's well, are you, what are you leaning towards right now. You know, you, you mentioned the regular. I just had one. Well, I mean, that that's really easy to drink, and that's uh, you know when when it when it comes down to crunch time, uh, I'm going to grab that beer, and that's that's really easy to sit there and and, and, and sip on, and yeah. uh, just smooth as it can be. And uh, you know, I guess that's. That doesn't make me a bland person because I'm not a hot person, but you know, here I go and 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 I love I like double IPAs a little bit more than I do IP, regular IPAs for uh, certain reasons, and that's all great. But I, I just bounce around a lot, you know. The milk stout has been you know, last winter I, I couldn't get enough of it, and I think I gained ten pounds, but I probably would have anyway. So who cares? And uh, uh, and I'm a, I'm a heavy if, if it says heavy on it. I'm going to try it, no matter where I go. That's in a big can. I'm going to get that. What is your dream travel destination right now? I know that's a big one. does not have to be beer-related. This is also a travel blog. Hmm. Um, and I've seen Casey do some traveling. His photography is actually quite excellent. Um, what's, your, what's your dream travel destination right now? I think right now, um, the Rousselon in France. Southern, hmm. southern France. Um, I want to go drink and eat in southern France. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to northern France and that was wonderful as well. Um, but I keep finding interesting wines from that part hmm. of France. And I want to go see where they are made. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Mine was Munich, Germany. Munich, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go watch soccer over there. I've always, like, I think the first, like, what I would say, like, first beer that I ever, like, loved was probably the uh, Weinstein or uh, the Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. That is, for me, Which you can find on tap here yeah, in Siloam. Yeah. It, it may be the best. I, I yeah. don't know. Some, in yeah. some eyes it is. And for the, for me, that beer <laughs> will never not fit the, like, the part. Yeah. Dead of winter. Love it. And that, and like, especially hot summer day, oh, hard to beat. And I, With I food, just love, yeah, yeah. Its own. oh, for it's sure. Perfect. And I, so I've all ever since like that beer, I kind of became entranced, especially in like the first like two years, of, like me like falling in love with beer. With just the German style of beer, I love German wheat beers, like just other other variants of it. And I probably should have invited Tom to this conversation. Tom is 
is a, is a friend of the downtown and, and oh, has opened up a German restaurant called Ziggy Wurst, mm-hmm. which is on the other yeah. end of downtown from which where we're awesome. sitting. So um, we and they have Weinstefaner yes. on tap with amazing German food. And it is like this great, cool atmosphere in Siloam Springs to see growing. So when you when you come to Siloam after hearing this podcast and you do your pub crawl, you can start here on one end of town at the Ivory Bell and make Ziggy Wurst at the other end of town your, your final oh, destination. Right. And then you can nice, eat some food. And eat some food. <laughs> get caught back up on that food. It's a, it's a short crawl. But yeah. It's a short crawl, but it's mighty. That's what's yeah. awesome. Keith, uh, you got a, a ideal travel destination? Oh gosh, I've, it changes. You know, we. I think our goal uh, uh, is to is to to get to Ireland before that 40th anniversary, mm. uh, and uh, I think that would be for a lot of reasons, not not just because you know we. Beer and amazing whiskey. Beer, yeah, 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 and 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 that may be what it takes. For me to come across that line into the distilled beverages, right? you can. T- you can may, there are there are worse may. places to start your <laughs> distilled beverage yeah. journey yeah. in yeah. Ireland. That's 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 my answer. Yeah, I don't. I just only want to taste the best, and so I want to, you know, go there and, and go to the Jameson Distillery yeah. or someplace like you know, and do a Guinness, <laughs> do a Guinness yeah. tour, do the, do the yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's uh, a a. a Bucket list destination, but I can find all kinds of other places. I'm just as happy to go to next week. Let's let's give them just a rundown on some things to do here, um, all times of year. I know that the spring and fall and even the summer at points can be just absolutely wonderful here. I mean, there's there's a reason people stay. There's a reason people move here. Um, what are some things to do in town that you would recommend? Other than visiting Iberville, yeah, Creekside Tap Room. Well, we 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 we've got a really really fast fast moving um, bicycle culture that's mm-hmm. really really developing the uh, in the whole Northwest Arkansas area, and we have this wonderful kayak park um, just outside of town that you know it's it's becoming an outdoor est- destination for a lot of reasons, and 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 I've had more than one person. Tell me that, especially with the with the mountain biking and the and, and people just you know up and down the Razorback Greenway and the, uh, on the, on that corner over there. But uh, you know it's uh, it is uh, that is one of the main things that people are noticing and, and learning about Northwest Arkansas, and and I think Salem Springs is trying real hard to be you know right in the middle of that. Yeah, and you can definitely tell by the uh, the construction that's been going on. Uh like downtown, they, they've been building more paths. May, making uh, we just passed a uh, thing signing, making like the roads a little more bike bike safe, which is good to see. Because uh, honestly, that kind of like our kind of downtown is the kind of town that you kind of want like like it's nice to take a stroll around. <laughs> like I love mm-hmm. walking like walking to the fountain and like just like listening to the, like the chill like the calming water. And during the dog when the dogwood festivals like <clears throat> are, is happening, which is like what, early May. And uh, there's always like a huge or homegrown festival. festival. Oh, the homegrown it's festival, which is fantastically growing. Yeah, which is uh, happens in the fall, and it's actually it's going to be bigger than the, our other festival, yeah, like very soon. It already probably is. So it's just really cool to see that like those kind of environments in the and like depending on the season, because we have the uh, uh, the dogwoods blooming like in early May, which is like the, the best 
scenery and then fall hits and you have just gorgeous colored trees hmm. outlining all of our surrounding downtown area and it's just there's a, a, a very calming peace about it James is alluding to the the water in downtown Salem and we have like a really beautiful creek that yeah. flows right through yeah. right through the middle of downtown yeah and it's just it's delightful it's a really great way to kind of find some some peace in in kind of a hectic and, and like a hectic world that you can sometimes get caught up in. My wife and I did a, a blog write-up of kind of an evening spent in, in downtown Siloam where you go and get dinner at Ziggy Worst and then you walk over and get some ice cream at Pure Joy, which is just a fantastic little like craft ice cream shop. And then, uh, or Fratelli's, uh, we talked about Fratelli's as well, which is an awesome uh, uh, yeah, their pizza. pizza restaurant. Um and then be able to go to several yeah. <laughs> beer or craft beverage um, locations, or if you just want coffee at the evening, um, there, there's so many easy places for you just to park and walk and enjoy, sit out on the street side. It's it's a really neat. Well, I think area. most of us that, that have businesses downtown, you know, we 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 thank Twenty Eight Springs for actually being the first thing that got developed downtown that that was really different it's not yeah. your you know, it's it's not a it's not a franchise it's it's just developed for uh for what it is and and it's you know a remodeled automobile dealership i don't know what you know so what's so common about that but but it's uh but it's it's that that i think really several years ago started the trend i think the the place that was before amelia's was uh you know, and, and which whichever one of them got the first uh, uh, alcohol alcohol permit uh, downtown. I can't remember it. You know, yeah, that was Amelia's. Yeah, yeah. still still a private club. They, had to be and they were a club. And yeah. then and then when we built, you know, of course, the really interesting thing is that when Twenty Eight Springs came in, remodeled and and uh, and, and made it into what it is, it's a fantastic place. You know, the, you know, that's probably the the maybe the center point of. of uh, fine dining, I guess, if, if we would have something like that in Salem Springs, but it's still relaxed and casual. But then, you, like you said, you have Fratelli's and you have uh, you know so many other places that are so good. And just a, just a two or three blocks up the street, you've got uh, you know, Chickadees, which is really cool, and, and, and different types of things for different times of the day. But I think that we've got so many things that have developed because of, you know, just somebody seeing that we need a nice sit-down restaurant, as yeah. we would call it in the South. Yeah. One one more sort of plug for downtown Silo. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like um, something that's really cool about the way that uh, downtown revitalization has happened um, in Silo is that it's been it's all it feels very organic and mm-hmm. um, and grown. Like the businesses are like local people putting things in that they think will be a good fit for their for their like friends and neighbors. Really feels like Silo is growing their own authentic revitalization. And the downtown people here in Salem are very passionate about their downtown. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree with you yeah. more. And it, we are homegrown. And, and, and that's something to be proud of. You know, that's, a, uh, that's something that I'm very proud of, that fact that, yeah, that we are organic, as you say. That's, uh, I mean, geez, the amount of independent businesses that we have just downtown yes. is like, like what, 95% of them? Like it's all just like random people, just like with on their own dime, like just setting up their dream, and it's super cool to see that. Yeah, yeah, and like, and you can tell, like, just from dealing with like any of the store, or like any of the store owners, like they are like have any conversation about what they do, 
and you can tell there's a passion there. And I think that's like kind of the beautiful part that you see downtown. And I think that's honestly it's rare. And granted, I'm biased. I live here, so like <laughs> it's easy to see that. But I've also like I've been to other towns and like like no, I've been places. Yeah, I've been places. Yeah, <laughs> I get. But out. no, like but like there are times like it seems like they're just like they're just working. When you come into Salem Springs on East Main, uh, when it branches off of uh, the 412 bypass, as we call it, uh, and you top the hill, just few hundred yards up here the first thing you see is this ginormous ivory build <laughs> woodpecker on the side of a building yep. before you even see the rest of the bar and that's the first thing you see when you top the hill stop right here at ivory bill and 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 just take your time as you follow the the road that's been that's that's designed to slow people down so that they're not just doing a shortcut you know slow yep. people down so they can actually see that we have Fratelli's and, and this little business and that little business and the oldest continually operational barbershop in the state of Arkansas down yeah. in the corner of, of Broadway and University, mm-hmm. you know, well, <laughs> and things and like that. If you if you happen to come in Salem from the south down Mount Olive and you go <laughs> over the bridge into downtown, you'll Don't see miss this beautiful um, beer garden and especially if you're here in any of the warmer months, you'll see people out playing patio games and families and dogs and uh, an amazing environment of Creekside Tap Room. So <clears throat> whichever, whichever way you approach downtown, you can see some beautiful For sure. community. Yeah. It's also nice, because, like, especially with, like, with like, Billboard and like ever since we got that, uh, when we started Beer Garden, geez, people are now driving by and they're like, oh, they can tell there's actually a bar here. Because like, that's the, the problem. Like, it's, I feel like it's we're still trying to get past being like a dry county. Like mm. I talk to, I still see people like, "Oh, you have beer in this thing." Yeah. <laughs> yes. no. There's there's things yes. for non-beer drinkers yeah. too. Like I mean, we mentioned yes. the restaurants. Oh yeah. But there's also an amazing smoke shop. Yes. Um, oh yeah. There is there is yeah. uh, there's a coffee house right next door for Johns with uh, that does that sells records and has just an absolutely fantastic vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had people uh, during Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue, the big uh, uh, biker event yeah. that happens in Fayetteville every fall, that have found that they can come to Salem Springs and find a place to stay and get to Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville all quicker from here than they can from mm-hmm. any other place in that four city area yeah. uh, because of the traffic and everything. And, uh, you know, that's. Uh, that's something that people are finding that just, you know, we're right here on 412 and, and there's plenty of things to do or there's, or do nothing if you want yeah. to just <laughs> enjoy something you don't have. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of a vacation is to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, you have to. You have that's, to set aside What's sometime. the point of a vacation? <laughs> You've got to take some days for like rest and chill. Yeah. All right, well, I wanted to thank you all for sharing time with me today. Once again, thanks to Keith and uh, James and Casey for sitting down with me.